Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Flow Track podcast. Sorry for a little bit of a delay. We had some minor technical difficulties, but our ama- amazing producer, Amanda, came through in clutch. I am Liv Ekpone, joined with Ashley Titians. It's been a quiet weekend, but then you look forward ahead and it's just like mad dash there. to the finish with so many events going There's on. There's just too much to talk about. I feel like we could have like a two hour show if you really wanted to. Yeah, but we probably could. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we are going to condense our show into about roughly an hour. But before we bring on our very special guest today, we have to thank our wonderful sponsors, AKA wonderful pistachios. If you're looking for a delicious and nutritious snack that is packed with a real protein punch, you guys got to crack into a good source of protein with tasty, healthy, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving of wonderful pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein that's out there, but that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and their better for you unsaturated fats, which may help you feel fuller longer. And the best part about it is wonderful pistachio comes in a variety of flavors. We finished the seasoned salt. We're on salt and pepper now. I've been tapping into the unsalted. Good. You have been cracking into the chili pepper lately. So whether you're looking to have a snack on the go when you're dropping your kids off at their their activities after school while you're in between meetings, make sure you grab a bag of wonderful pistachios. They'll become your now go-to snack. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com. To learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Without further ado, I am like super stoked for our guest for today. Yes. So, Ashley, who do we have joining us? Yes, today we are welcoming Adam Tribble, who is the head coach at CBU, and he began his time there in 2018. And since then, he's earned countless Western Athletic Conference Cross Country Coaches of the Year awards. And in 2022, he helped the CBU program earn a perfect sweep of the WAC Com- Cross Country Championships. Um, You know, prior to CBU, he was at the University of Alabama for quite some time and then has also spent some time, you know, within the Southeast. And so we are here to welcome Adam Trouble. Thank you for joining our show today. No, thank you for having me. So first off, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how you got to CBU. You know, you started there in 2018. You were coming over from Alabama. You spent much of your, you know, your life in the Southeast and you make that move to go over to California. Um, you know, what was that transition like to be, you know, part of, you know, a Power 5 program and then going to somewhere, um, you know, like CBU that was going through that transition from being at the D2 level to the D1 level? Yeah, well, well, you know, I had been, I spent five years at the University of Arkansas, and then I was two years at Oregon State as well. So it kind of been all over the country. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those things where I never even heard of CBU when they contacted me, but they had sent out a lot of emails and they sent, sent me an email and just kind of the more I looked into it, the more intriguing it became and one thing leads to another. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it became home for you. So CBU does not normally take the normal approach as other D1 cross country and track programs. You guys solely focus on recruiting distance runners. So there's a huge focus on finding that international talent and the programs are fully funded by the school and the athletic department. So. How has that approach kind of fostered a unique, successful culture within the program? 
Well, I mean, I, we're not we're not dead set on internationals. That's just where we've had more success. You know, I think when it comes to being focused on distance, I mean, so many, in, in all honesty, so many of the top distance programs do that. Um, I think the thing that we do is like we just don't kind of expand out and we don't have a bunch of walk on throwers or sprinters or jumpers. And so we just try to put all of our eggs in the basket if we're just to try to be more successful as opposed to getting watered down, you know? And I think especially when you're talking about a small, small private school and in the place that we are, it's just a way I think that we can get the most uh, bang for our buck and be the most efficient with the resources that we have. For sure. And, you know, that formula certainly worked for you guys, you know, looking how, you know, back to 2022, even we saw, you know, the women compete at NCAAs and, you know, have, I mean, both the men's and the women's programs have been extremely successful at that NCAA Division One level now that they, um, you know, kind of went through that period where they weren't allowed to compete, you know, as they transitioned from D2 to D1. Um, you know, what do you think that, especially looking back at last year, what do you think that stepping stone was like for, you know, both programs? Well, you know, it had been a long time coming. And so one thing I'll say is that that the transition is brutal yeah. and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And that's something that it was way more difficult than I ever would have imagined. And I think one of the things that uh, ironically enough helped get us through it was COVID. And just because it was a difficult time for us, but then also with COVID going on, it's a difficult time for the entire world. And I think we had a lot of support here from our university administration that just helped enable us to be able to help take care of the people on the team in those difficult times. And I think that really kind of helped to bridge the gap, if that makes sense, over those middle years, which, which was a very trying time. Mm -hmm. I want to take us back two weekends ago, Coach Tribble, because you guys had a successful showing at Nutty Comb. And what would you say that specific performance for both your teams there kind of taught you about where your team was at this point of the season as as Ashley and I mentioned, like this weekend, we're starting to move into championships and we're less than a month away from NCAA. So just based off what you saw at Nuttycomb, what did that kind of teach you about where your team was at? It just told me that they were really, really tough. And I, I knew that we had, well, I didn't know. I was quite confident that we had the fitness in order to be able to be successful. But I think especially when two factors, one, when you're in so many people in such a tight area. And I think especially for when you haven't really, you don't have a lot of experience in that. I think that could be a very difficult thing. But then the second factor was just the conditions. I mean, that was just a thing of where I was telling them that, you, I mean, you have, you can have thousands of reasons to be able to ease off because it was just, it was going to be hard for everybody. And it was going to be a matter, not necessarily a fitness. It was just going to be a matter of desire and tenacity to get through it because that was a, that was a brutal day for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I'm glad I wasn't running in those conditions because it looked to look brutal out there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, speaking a little too on, um, you know, some of that tenacity you learned from your team at Nuttycomb, do you think that also, you know, kind of speaks to your team's chemistry this year on both the men's and women's sides as well? Yeah, you know, I, this is a very special group. And I think it's one of those things if we're, I mean, obviously, every year and every group is different. But I would say that this is more than probably any group I've ever been a part of in the last, whatever, 20 something years. It's just a special group that I just kind of enjoy being with. And it makes it a whole lot more rewarding and it's a whole lot more exciting when you just enjoy going to practice even more than usual because it's just a great group. And I think they have, obviously they have a great deal of ability, but they have a lot of desire right now. And so I think it, it's it's really special to see. And I think it's, it's special to see that they can start to see some of the fruits of all the work they've put in, not just this year, but in the years gone by. Mm -hmm. 
Before I ask my follow-up question, something came into mind. I can hear the passion in your voice. What is your favorite thing about coaching? What about coaching gets you fired up every day? When people can do things that they didn't think that they could. And I think especially when when you're talking about being a distance runner so many times, it takes a long time to get to the spot that you want to get at. And I think we have, we have a number of people that have been at this and been going for a long time. And when they can finally start to see that breakthrough, that's just exciting to be a part of. And it's just exciting to see just the, the joy and the happiness that they have after they've sacrificed and given so much to be the best they can be. I absolutely love that. And I know we're, we're talking so much about your teams and obviously the team chemistry, I think from Ashley and I's perspective, is very evident that you and the team have been putting in a lot of work. The CBU women are ranked 12th now and the, the men are ranked 5th in the latest USTF CCCA coaches poll. What do you think has been the biggest key for the team this so far this year when it comes to racing against the nation's elite and getting vaulted into that national conversation, especially for the men who didn't compete at NCAAs last year. Yeah, I mean, since you mentioned the men, I think the men last year had the ability to do it. And I think we had, obviously, with the way that the coalice and the qualifying situation goes, we just ended up, we were the first ones out. And so I think that's just, I mean, it was, we had some things not go perfectly and it was a myriad of just odd circumstances. But I personally, I think last year, the men were at a spot to be at the national level and obviously the women were able to get through but I think right now I think if anything I think not making it last year really helped to motivate the men and I think both teams kind of feed off each other and I think the better one does it just motivates the other and I think it it just creates a, a great balance you know I think it makes it really it makes it a whole lot easier and a whole lot more, more fun when both teams are kind of moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And as Olivia mentioned earlier, you know, now we just got, you know, conference regionals and hopefully NCAAs. What are you telling your, you know, your team, um, you know, how do you attack these next, you know, really important meets coming up? We only do it one day, one day and one race at a time. And so like <laughs> right now, like we're not talking about regionals or nationals or anything else. The only thing that we're talking about is whack. Like, I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes to each other, but um, we don't want to talk about anything else. And so I think it, it can be a big distraction if you're starting to think about next week and the following and the following. And so it's just the next race is the only one that matters. And so right now, all of our focus is on whack and Abilene, Texas is Friday. Mm -hmm. And we know that you've been in Cali for such a period of time right now over the last few years. What has been kind of the life for Coach Tribble on the on the south, you know, on, on this side of the part of the country? What is your favorite part about California? I, I think that my most favorite part is just that it creates such a great atmosphere for athletes to be successful and I mean we have obviously some of the best weather year-round in the nation. You've got you can get to the Laguna Beach in 45 minutes. You can get to the mountains in 50 to 60 minutes. And so I think the thing that makes it exciting for me is just being able to be at a place where it creates so many great opportunities in such a great situation for the team. And I mean, I think we just have a, we have a, a very special, unique setup here. And I think it really does create, provide a great opportunity for people to have a great experience in college and really be able to take their running to another level. And now, Coach Trouble, before we let you go, we're going to ask you one question that we ask pretty much all of our guests <laughs> that come onto the show. Do you prefer cross country or track? <clears throat> I prefer whichever season we're in. And I think I knew there's, that was there's good things about I knew that was coming. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, in cross country, the thing that makes cross country so special is that it's about a team. And the thing that makes track special is it's just about the individual. And I think it's great that um, people get the opportunity to do both. And I think that's one of the things that so many times I think people who don't come to the NCAA, they don't really get to experience how neat that team component is when it comes to cross country. And I, that's why I think cross country without a team is pretty miserable Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, you're just out there. And like I was saying, you have a, a thousand reasons to ease off. But when you know yeah. that obviously you're, you're not just running for yourself, you're running for your teammates and you're running to try to put a great team score up. That's what makes it special. And then from a track standpoint, obviously it's just trying to run as fast as you can. And I think it, it, I think they really, really complement each other very well. I love that. Coach Tribble, thank you so much for your time today and wishing you all the best as you move towards, you know, conference, regionals. Ashley and I will be at NCAAs. We'll be in Charlottesville. So I'm throwing this out there in existence. We are looking forward to seeing you and both your teams there. So we're wishing you all the best. Thank you so much. Awesome. What a great interview with Coach Tribble. It's so great to see him being successful and just watching CBU uh, just do amazing things this part of the season. So we're wishing them all the best. Now, as we move into the other segments of our show. There's a lot to talk there's about. There's so much to Ugh. talk about. Let's start off the show after the wonderful interview we had there with Coach Tribble. We got to talk about Grant Fisher <laughs> leaving the Bowerman Track Club. Yes. This hit... I feel like everybody's social media channels over the last week, um, I know we have a screenshot of his Instagram where he just shared that, you know, the track club, he's grateful for the opportunities and huge defining part of his season over the last four years. And his time there has just been transformative for him as an athlete, as a person. But right now he doesn't see it fitting his future and the goals that he has um, with the club moving forward. So Ashley, what was just kind of your thoughts as this hit your I mean, your this, phone. Was, this was the breaking news on <laughs> Thursday evening. I, I think I put my phone down maybe for like a 20-minute period on Thursday evening. All of a sudden, I open it up, and it's like 20 text messages about Grant Fisher leaving the Bowerman Track Club, which I guess it kind of comes as a shock, you know? Like, Grant Fisher, you know, since he graduated from Stanford, like, he's been with Bowerman this whole time. Yeah. Four, four years at Bowerman, you know, one of the, if you look at the record books, he's one of the greatest, technically, you know, U.S. distance runners of all time. He has North American records in the 3K, the 5K, and the 10K. You know, if you look at what he did at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021, he finished ninth in the 5K, I believe, and fifth in the 10K. So, I mean, he's very accomplished, and he did all this while at Bowerman. And so, for him to be now making this move in his career after arguably one of the better seasons of his career, minus his injury where he wasn't able to go to Worlds. Um, you know, I think that's a little bit surprising. What do you think? I was definitely shocked by yeah. this. As, I think yeah. it's just as much as you were. And like you said, I know he's been battling with an injury, but like since that injury, he's been finishing strong. He's competed in only six races this outdoor season. He was fourth at trials, 28-25 in the 10K. He then had a very strong p finish at Prefontaine Classic, where he was third in the 3K with a 725. I mean, that was an American record right there, you know? Insane, right? Mm -hmm. And then competed in the Zurich Diamond League, where he was third in the 5K with a season's best of 1254. So my brain was like something, I feel like, how do you go from running and finishing well in the season to all of a sudden now being like, this is not the right move for me? Yeah. It makes, I feel you, it a makes lot you of wonder. It makes you wonder internally. Many, many things. Yeah. You know, now now my question too is like, is he the 
not the only one to leave, you know, like who else could potentially follow? Like, is this going to be a mass exodus potentially? Like, who knows? But, um, but of course, now the other question on everyone's mind, because he hasn't, you know, divulged like where he's planning on going right. next. Right. He said that he's leaving Bowerman, but he hasn't said where he's going to go next, you know, coaching wise and if he's going to join, you know, any club or anything. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I know we debated about this earlier today. And <laughs> We've we had have some, some debates. Different, we have some different opinions. Okay. So I think my first initial thought was like the OAC group, right? But he's with Nike. So exactly. That's not so then it, of course, what Ashley just said, I was like, wait, that can't happen. So now. It's like, what happens next? Does he join NN Running in Train in Kenya? And his former Bowerman teammate, Mark Scott, is now doing that. Also, I'm thinking about NAU, going with Mike Smith, possibly training with uh, Gravala out there. So I feel like that's where I'm leaning towards. Okay. So Mike Smith? Flagstaff? Yes. Okay. Going to Flagstaff. I, I feel like that's plausible. You know, like Mike Smith has seen a lot of success with those athletes here that he's training. Obviously with NA, but then also with like Louis Grijalva. Yes. Um, Abdi Noor. Like they're, you know, the, he's definitely had a, you know, a proven track record of, you know, getting people to those world championships and competing on a high level. Um, you know, that's originally where I was thinking. I think that's a very plausible option. <laughs> But, but then, okay, then I was thinking more, and I was, like, digging into, uh, you know, a lot of the very prominent coaches around, and I was like, okay, what if he goes back to Chris Miltenberg? You know, Chris Miltenberg was his coach at Stanford when he was in college at Stanford. Now Miltenberg's at UNC, and he's the head of those programs. But, I mean, we saw how successful Grant Fisher was in Stanford. Like, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, right. isn't that the saying? Like, I mean, maybe he, you know, takes that route and goes with them. But I could also see Mike Smith. I feel like those are some of the leading options. I know there's other, you know, options out there. Like, he could go train with Pete Julian, you know, some of those other options. Like, I'm just curious. See, my brain is like, how likely is he going to go back to where he left? Why not? Well, he left it. <laughs> you know, left that part of his life for a reason. Unless it was just something in his contract where Nike was like, hey, you got to go X, Y, Z. I don't know. I mean, I I will say I think I'm going to go the Miltonberg route. You know, I kind of like that plot line. Like, it's good like for the that. plot. It's good for the plot. You know, oh, wow. Returns you know, back I, to old I ran coach. from in college and now, yeah, return to old coach. It's a good storyline. Do it for I the I like headline, the NAU storyline. I like I, the coach Mike Smith storyline. I do line. also think that's very plausible. I just don't know where else. I guess we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Once... Once he actually makes his announcement, that's going to be like the breaking news of the That's going to be the breaking news. So stay stay tuned because I'm, I'm invested in this decision here. As I mentioned before, this is we went from a very quiet weekend to all you know. We got a lot and get ready. <laughs> it is conference championship is week. Conference championship weekend. We're going to kick off some previews. We're going to drop our picks for the the champion for both the individual and the team, men and women for. We're going to start things off with the ACC. We're going to go through a couple conferences and then we'll we'll do some rapid fire. Um, But let's dive into ACC. In my personal opinion, I think this is the most competitive conference that we have on the dock. Of course, we're going to see teams like Syracuse, UNC, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Virginia, NC State. So let's start. Let's start with the men. Okay. I feel like the women's a little bit on the easier yeah. side. Let's start with the men. Ooh, debate time. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Individually, let's start. Well, there. actually, first, can I? I'm going to outline yes. the field. Outline the field. So, like you mentioned, the ACC is. 
by far the, like the deepest conference in all of NCAAs. If you look at the men specifically, if you're looking at teams that are currently ranked in the USTFC CCO coaches poll, you have Syracuse, UNC, Notre Dame, and Wake Forest. I mean, that's four really, really strong teams right there. And do, you, do we want to go ahead and like divulge our our picks and explain? Is that how we're going to do this? <laughs> that's how I envision. But we, yes. Okay. You can do whatever you I'll want. I'll start with the team. I'll start with the men's okay. team. Okay. How about that? Let's start there. When I'm looking at the ACC this year, Syracuse has been impressing me this entire season. You yes. know, they started off the season, they, they went to the UVA Invitational, you know, with all the other top teams in the country. They finished fourth behind UNC. Mm-hmm. UNC finishes third there. But then if you look at Nutty Comb, yeah. Nutty Comb, they blew me away. Yeah. They finished third at Nutty Comb. UNC finished 10th. I mean, that right there, that shows the grit. You know, like we right. all know, as Coach Treble was saying in his interview earlier, Nutty Comb was gross. It was windy. It was rainy. Like that is where, you know, you could have every excuse to not do well as a team. Right. But they pulled out a third place finish. And so to me, that shows me that they're tough and they're ready for that championship type of, you know, competition that you need, you know, that grit that you need to compete for a team title. So I'm going to say the men of Syracuse are going to win. Also, if you look at their spread, like from one, two, three, and four, they're like all right there together. Yeah. And so I think that's also a big key when you're looking to win team titles. Like, hey, maybe you may not have someone who's going to win the individual race, but if you have all of your top guys right there together and that spread's really small, that's also a good thing. So. I will say the Syracuse men absolutely will win. Well, absolutely. I, I agree with Ashley there. I think Syracuse men really, like you said, impressed me with Nunnycomb. If you can survive the conditions that were there that weekend, the rain, the wind, the cold. Like, I'm from Maryland, and I'm thinking NCAAs is in Virginia. It's pretty much the same thing, right? You don't know what to expect in Virginia. Make sure you just pack a coat. It's going to be cold. The It's going to be questionable if it might snow during that time. So if you snow. can snow. Oh, my gosh. It snows in Virginia. It's not going to snow at Watch. NCAAs. Watch. Okay? okay. So my thing is, if you can survive that and put a solid performance, you can do anything. So I agree with you with Syracuse. Mm. Okay. Now, individually. Oh, this is interesting. Yes. Well, do share. Okay. Who do you pick right. my ACCs on my, the men's side? I see your point. I know who your pick is, and I see I your point. Your but pick. <laughs> so for my pick for the men's individual for ACCs, I'm going to go with Parker Wolf. You uh-huh. know, he's very experienced. He's been UNC's top guy. He's been so consistent all year long. You know, he finished second last year to Notre Dame's Carter Solomon, who just outkicked him at the end. And like, if you haven't seen that race, epic finish. Um, but Parker Wolf has been doing really well. You know, he, I believe, he finished second at the UVA Invitational and then, um, you know, did, you know, finished top 10, I believe, too, at Nuttycomb. Um, and so I feel like that, you know, that experience that he already has, um, you know, competing at such a high level, I think that's going to carry him through to a title. Okay. This is where Ashley and I. This is your hot take. Differ. I don't think it's a hot take. I think it's a hot take. Uh, okay. I'm actually surprised. Like I said, I think it was the last show or the week before. Ashley is a North Carolina fan. She grew up in North Carolina. I went with Rocky Hansen, native of North Carolina. Yes, I understand he's a freshman, but he has so much experience already underneath his belt just from the high school level. This is a guy that was 11th at Champs Nationals cross country last year. If you look at what he's done, right, kicks off the season with a fifth place finish at the Virginia Invitational, 23-30. Now I'm gonna p- compare him to uh, Parker Wolf here. 
Parker Wolf was second at that meet, 23-23. Mm -hmm. He was literally seven seconds behind, okay? Recently, at Nutty Comb, Hansen had the upper hand. He finished six overall with a 23-27. Wolf was 23-29, so two seconds back. So we're not, right now we're tied, one and one. I feel like if it comes down to it, I feel like Rocky Hansen's taking this victory. I feel like Rocky okay. Hansen has been that freshman who's really put himself out there, knows how to toe the line against literally the nation's best, and is up there in the front. Rocky Hansen's my pick. You know I like the pick. I'm not going to discount the pick because, again, big Rocky fan, and he's been running really well this season. But See, there's I the also but. Think, there's okay, the but, but in the sentence. I yeah. do think there's almost a revenge factor here for okay. Parker Wolf. Okay, I, I see that. Have you, have you seen that race from last year where he gets outkicked to just finish let's, second let's at not add ACC's? Let's to the wound. Yes, but yes. Okay, I understand. Do you not think that's probably replaying in it his head? It probably is. It probably is, yeah. If that were me, I'd be like, no, there's no way I'm getting beat again. I understand that. So Rocky that, that's has nothing to lose, though. So no, that, he might as true. well just go out and... That's another good point, you know? Like, you know? You're, you're right. Like, he has nothing to lose, so, like, why not go out there and put yourself in contention to put the pressure on, you know, Wolf and the other people um, in that race to go after you? I think that's also a good point, but I guess I'll... I'll no, no hard feelings for anyone, but I'm going to go with Parker. Okay, well, I stand behind my pick of Rocky Hansen. Okay. okay, now that we got the guy's side taken care of, let's talk about yeah. the ladies. Okay, so I think, feel like for the ladies, like you mentioned, it's a little more straightforward, I yeah. think, in terms of where my predictions are going. Yeah. Um, you know, NC State may have lost to NAU at Nuttycomb, but that doesn't mean that they're not still, like, like one of the best programs in the NCAA and that they should probably dominate the ACC championships, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're looking at this, I, I expect Caitlin Tui to go in and defend her title per usual expect probably Kelsey Camille to be, you know, second there, so they'll probably go one-two. Mm -hmm. Expect, you know, star freshman Leah Stevens and Grace Hartman up there. And then if Amaris and Sam Bush are running as well, I think that could be a pretty dominant showing, in my opinion, for the Wolfpack. Yeah. Um, that's personally how I see that playing out. And so, you know, I have Caitlin Tui as my winner there for the women and then go pack for the, the team title. Yeah, I agree mm -hmm. with you there. And I, I think we talked, was it last week that we talked about NC State, how, like, don't count them out right now. Like, yeah, like I don't want to hear anyone saying that, like, oh, NC State's over. No, 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 no. They're That's, not. No. They're not over. And you can have one tough. And I think it's always good to have that one tough race mm -hmm. where the top team gets a little knocked off a little bit. Mm -hmm. I feel like it fuels that fire a little bit more. Yeah. But also, it shows like, hey, we can still be dominant, right? Yeah. Like they still had a top place finish. There might be some things they need to tweak on and work on. But I think with just looking at NC State, and I'm also thinking about their incoming freshmen right now because mm -hmm. they're, they're so dominant. As you mentioned, Leah Stevens is one of them. Um, Kate Putman is there as well. Angelina Napoleon, who's a national high school record holder in the steeplechase, also there. They have a lot of options, right? So, well, they in won't a go, sense, they won't go to they Napoleon won't go or to them, right. any of those, but right. But I'm just saying, like, as this team unfolds a little bit more and they develop, they're going to have that. They have that depth right now. So as we look forward into the upcoming, you know, championship part of the season, they have a stacked team right now. Yes, it's I think stacked. I think really the the question obviously that everyone has is well, not that everyone has. I think they're going to win. I guess it's just the question is how dominant will it be, just based on like who that you know who that top seven is that they put yeah. out there. That's really just the question. That's so. the question. Who's yeah. the top seven? Mm -hmm. 
All right, so that does it for the ACC conference. Let's move on to Big 12. So this is going to be in Ames, Iowa. I'm really curious. Ooh, what side do you want to start on, men or women? Let's start with the women. Okay, women. I'm going to talk with the women first. Let's talk about the women. Um, Go ahead. Well, first off, I think probably the biggest storyline here is you have the addition of BYU into the Big 12 this year. They yes. entered the Big 12. I mean, that has huge implications for, you know, the conference champions here, both on the men's and the women's side when you add those programs in. And, you know, looking at the rest of the conference, I mean, you have OK State, Texas, Iowa State, like the list goes on. Like, it's a very competitive conference. Right. Um, you know, if you're looking especially at the women, I think how we've seen BYU run so far this season, I mean, they won the UVA Invitational pretty dominant, or not UVA Invitational, pre-Nats, excuse me. Yes, pretty pre dominantly. And um, we always know Coach Taylor and that crew is going to be – fine-tuned for championship season. So for the women, I'm going to have to pick BYU. Um, you know, I think they enter the Big 12 and they grab this win here. On the individual side, it's a little more, I feel like, up in the air. I don't know. Is it? I think so. Well, first, what do you th do you agree with me that BYU women will yes, win? Yes. For me, that's hands down. Like, okay. BYU is, in my opinion, the heavy favorite going okay. into Big 12. Okay, well then, what are your thoughts? You said it wasn't, like, super contentious on the, the individual front, so who do you have there? I have Billa Chipkiro down as the individual champion. Well, I guess we're on the same page. We're on the same page here with this one. I mean, okay, so she is from OK State, and yes. obviously we haven't seen Oklahoma State run in a little bit. You know, they, they ran at the Cowboy Jamboree, and they haven't really ran since then. But the way she ran at the Jamboree, I mean, she won that title there and, you know, very impressive. And she yeah. finished third at this meet last year. Um, I think this could be her time to, you know, get that win. Right. Speaking of OK State, I, I, I have one, I have like three questions that I feel like Liv needs answered. Maybe not, we might three not questions? be able to answer. Yeah, I have three. Well, actually, two of them is a question. One of them is a statement. Let me do with my question. <laughs> and then before we move on to the men's side, I have a statement. My question is, are we concerned about OK State as a whole, as a team, hmm. knowing that the last time they've competed has been at the Cowboy Jamboree a month ago? Are they going to be sharp enough? I will give you two, two answers. Two. It should be one. Two, okay, because I'm ahead. playing devil's advocate both okay. ways. So, okay. yes, they haven't raced in like a month. But, okay, so you look at it this way. They take that month, they put in some really hard training, get that fitness up, then you, you know, go debut at conference. No one really knows what to expect. Boom, you go out there and you shock everyone. Okay. That's one. Okay. Or there's always the debate and the argument that, like, if you haven't raced that long, are you going to be fine-tuned for those, you know, those racing tactics and stuff on the day? I don't know. I'm not going to give an answer. But those are the two ways you could answer that question. Okay, because my brain goes to two, <laughs> two different places for this. The one that's sticking in my head right now is I understand putting in the hard work and then boom, shocking people. Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking about like sharpness and getting into that race mode before it's actually time to take the yeah. test, right? Like think about when we were in college. Some of us had some classes. I remember having like a... Um, like, I guess a study guide where they give you like the pretest ahead of time, right? So you have an understanding of what kind of questions are being answered before you're actually given the exam, right? You're more prepared. <laughs> are you giving me a school analogy I'm right now? I'm just saying, because I'm, 
I don't know how this is going to turn out. I know we're going to find out this weekend. See, I, my brain is like, I feel like we just needed that one more race beforehand, like within this last mm -hmm. month, whether it was last weekend, two weekends ago, to just fine tune and make sure everyone is on the same page before now taking yeah. this test. However, I will say, Dave, Coach Smith, always, you know, doing really well with OK State. Yeah. Trust what he's doing. Okay. So I trust the process. For too. that reason, now that we shift focus to the men. Wait, I have my statement. Are you are you shifting to? Oh wait, go ahead. Oh sorry. wait, you, you had no, no, two no, questions in the statement. What's your statement? Well, well, one question's for the the guys. I had a statement for the ladies because we were talking about the ladies. Well, let, let me, me let me make my statement. Okay. BYU back on BYU. I'm excited to see what Carmen Alder does. I know what we just yes, talked okay, about yeah, pre nats. Yeah. Yeah. 1936 for 6K. She's a junior. I know you said you remember running her, with her in... Well, not your nor with her, but far behind her <laughs> in high school. But, but on the same starting line with yes, Carmen yes. Uh, Alder. So I'm just excited for the BYU woman as a whole, especially just seeing what Carmen Alder did. Yeah, I feel like she's one that could be a dark horse that maybe people don't expect, and she could be up there to contend, yes. I think. Okay, that was my statement. Okay, statement. All right. Shifting to the men. Okay. I know we just had that whole conversation about OK yes. State. Will they be ready? They haven't raced in a while. I am putting my money down that they will still win. OK State. OK State. Oh, if you okay. Look at, if you look at the, you know, the, the crew that they have there right now, like, I think it's hard to deny it. I mean, they're still one of the top-ranked teams in the country despite not having really raced right. much at all this season. And I think Dennis Kipengedich could win for them. I think he's a stud. So that's okay. those are those are my picks for the men. Personally. I, I I agree on the individual men pick. Okay. The thing is, team wise, I'm like again being sharp. If OK State messes up anywhere, BYU is gonna be right there. They're like to me, they're neck and neck. So don't fair. like. No, it's fair. I mean, then BYU and has I been a great like, team. So so because, gosh. BYU is coming off of a second-place finish at Nettycombe. That is true. I mean, they they have that in the back of their mind. They're sharp. Again, it's that, that fine-tuned race, and yeah. again, underneath horrible conditions. So is BYU your, your pick? BYU's my okay. pick here. All right. I mean, I, I can't discount that. Like, I, I think I wrote down in my notes that I said, maybe BYU, um, I'll, I'll pick BYU if I want to shake things up, but um, I'll go with K-State. But who do you have winning um, the, the individual title? Oh, Dennis, too. Okay, Dennis, okay, so we're, we're, we're kind of the same. So basically what you're telling me is we're almost the same across almost. the board. Yes. Mm -hmm. With a few... Also another question, I know you wrote this down oh, too. Yes. Oh, yes! Will... Oh, that's your second question. Go to, My what's second, your second question. question? Mm -hmm. <laughs> is our guy Alex Mayer debuting at conference? We don't know. We don't know. He has not run yet this season in the, the lone race at Cowboy Jamboree. So that's also going to be a key to if they win. That is, yes. That, that I think is like, I don't want to say, actually, no, I'm not going to say that because I don't feel that way. <laughs> I, I'm just really curious to see if he's going to debut. And yes. if he does, how is that going to help OK State? Like, obviously, I know it's going to help OK State, but. How much? How much? Yeah. Where's he at right now? Well. Again, we'll it's a fine-tuning question I had. You can't just take the test without well, getting we'll the pretest. We'll find out on you know, <laughs> this weekend how that works out for them. All so. right.
it's gonna be an interesting weekend. Next week, next week's show, y'all, just be be prepared. All yeah. right, Big East Championships. I'm excited for this because it's going to be live on FlowTrack, the Big East Championships preview. It's gonna be exciting stuff. I think we're also kind of on. Yeah, we're 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 spot on with this on. Well, can all I angles. just can I just say one thing? No, Going you can't. Into, you can't say anything. Going into Big East. <laughs> Here is my statement. Three words. Georgetown. 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 Three things. Okay. They are so good. They are going to dominate here. That, the that was four words. George they are Town, so Georgetown, good. Georgetown. Three words. Oh. I thought you were just <laughs> planning in my head that you were talking about Georgia. I'm like, no, yeah, okay. If we're looking at this, like, I feel like the picks are pretty straightforward. The Georgetown women are ranked third in the nation, yep. and you know if you're looking what they've done this season, they finished third at Nuttycomb, yep. behind NC State, yep. and fifth at UVA. Like, what else is there to say? Chloe Scrimgeour, I hope I said her name right, is really good as well. I, I mean, agree. she could be in that national title, you know, contention too I individually. Agree. You know, she finished seventh at Nuttycomb in 1959, second at UVA, 16-19 for 5K. So. I think I'm just, I'm more just curious to see how, how well they'll do. Yes, I agree with all of that. Men's side, I feel like Villanova. Oh, Villanova, yeah. It is solid. Agreed. You know, solid. Villanova, they won last year. They're solidly looking like the favorite going into this, you know, on the men's side. On the individual front, I could see it being interesting, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have Liam Murphy from Villanova winning the title. Yeah. So for each, I have you know the individual winner, that team then winning the team title. Yeah. Liam Murphy was third last year, so I think he can get the title here. I agree. I agree on every aspect. I feel like Villanova looks strong. Liam leading the front. Chloe leading the front for Georgetown. Especially after what we saw at Nuttycomb, it, you cannot deny that Georgetown is ready to just attack I mean, conference. if you're in the top three behind NIU and NC State, I mean, you're legit. You're, so. you're legit. <laughs> All right, couple more key things here on conference championships. Ashley and I are just going to give rapid fire. There's not going to be any <laughs> no explanation. No explanation. Just hit me with it. We might give each other some awkward stares as I don't know if we're on the same, same page. Uh, but it might be like, Ashley, you're sure about that pick? Liv, are you sure about mm-hmm. that pick? Okay, yeah. big All tens. Right. Okay, women, individual. Addie Engel, Ohio I agree. State. I agree. For the women team, Michigan State. I agree. Okay, so we're in agreement so okay, far. Yeah. All right, men, individual, Bob Liking, Wisconsin. Mm, mm, I got Jackson Sharp. From Wisconsin? From Wisconsin. Interesting. So, all right. And then for the men's, I have Wisconsin. I have Wisconsin. So, okay. Right. <laughs> why, why do we have to be on the same page? We need to be... We were different. No, but they're still similar. I need us to be having some debates. Well, don't agree with me. Okay. I made these first. <laughs> all right. So, Pac-12, Olivia, who you got? Oh gosh, I'm looking at my notes. Wait, Pac-12. Oh, just kidding. Did you not make Pac-12 picks? No, I did not. Wow. My brain. Well, and okay. I will make my Pac-12 picks. Go ahead. Picks. Go ahead. Stanford. I don't have the woman right. Stanford sweep. Men okay. and women will win I have the team Stanford. titles. Yes, I have Stanford. I just have the wrong name down. I don't know and why. I did individuals, that. you have Kaylee Mitchell from Oregon State winning the title there, and for the men, Kai Robinson. I have Kai Robinson, Colorado. Ooh, that's a hot take. <laughs> It might be, but I'm feeling confident. Tell me, tell me more about that. No, these are rapid fire. Remember, there's no explanation. I feel like Colorado is just sneaky. Sneaky? 
I don't yes. know. I feel like this is the year when you can catch Colorado off their game from the men's side. You probably could. So I think Stanford, even though Stanford maybe isn't having as strong of a year as compared to last year, like I think they could come in and win this title. So I'm going to go Stanford both sides. Okay. All right. SEC. Parker this is Valley. pretty. This is pretty simple. Parker Valley is going to win the individual title yes. for the women. I think the Florida women will also win the team title there. They've shown they're really strong this year. The men, the individual, I could see this going either way. I picked Victor Kiproff. He's the defending champion last I, year from Alabama. Yes. He's gotten a beat by his teammate this or this year already once, I believe, but I think he'll he has the Yeah, I'm not concerned about that. He'll defend his title. And then I think the Arkansas men, after what we saw at pre-nuts, they yeah. will win that title. I agree. Gosh, why do you have to agree? Because I agree. <laughs> it, to me that makes sense. It's like <sighs> Kiprop I'm not concerned about. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's my teammate. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. We'll we'll have to come in the next podcast and then just keep a little tally of like how we did. Yes. Yes, um, we do. Just keep and then keep report the tally. back. Yes, yeah. I agree. I like yeah. that. All right, the final segments. <laughs> I love this. Dedicated to the one and only Shakari Richardson. Yes. Um, this past weekend, F1 was here in Austin. Uh, I actually spoke with Taylor, who's in videography editing. Um, I went scuba diving in a pool yesterday. So he was supposed to go with me, did not go scuba diving. He went to F1. He went to F1. I see. Um, So from what I heard, nearly almost half a million people were here in Austin for F1. Hmm. On top of that, there were a few celebs that made (laughs) some appearances, and Shakari Richardson is one of them. So, there you go. Here's the is. photo. Love it. I I just thought it was awesome. And the fact that she was here and a few others. I saw Talitha Diggs' Instagram that she was here. Yep. Uh, Dina Asher-Smith was also here. And to me, that makes sense because she's going to be training in Austin now. So, I guess she is currently yeah. in the city. And then Sinclair Johnson, we heard through the grapevine, was here, here as, as well. well. Mm-hmm. So... F1. How do we feel about F1 and I have a, everybody actually, popping I have in for a this? I have a question. I have a question. Okay. Was Shakari Richardson a fan of F1 before going in, or is she now one afterward? I think after. After? I think after. I mean, I thought it was cool. It was cool to see all the, you know, all these different sports kind of come together for this one yes. moment. F1, you know, like, almost in a way, I, because you know how there's the whole F1, like, Netflix series? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's in... They're making the same people are making one for for track and field coming up next year. It's kind of that same sort of situation where like that put F one on the map. I'd see kind of track in that similar space, almost like F one and track are a little similar. Yeah, so it makes sense. It's the competitive side, the racing side. Yeah, fastest so, car. Yeah, but that wasn't wins. the only Shakari Richardson news of the week. No, it was not. No. What else happened? We got big news on Thursday. Yeah. Lots of news happened on Thursday. Lot. That was the date. Thursday. What was the date? That was great. October. October. Goodness. What was Thursday's date? October 19th, 2023. <laughs> There's a lot Going of Going down in history is one of the busiest track and field days. Yeah, so on Thursday, the Dallas Independent School District Board voted on naming the track at John Kincaid Stadium inside, lots of names, inside the yeah. Jesse Owens Athletic Complex. They, they're naming that the Shakari Richardson Track. She now has a track awesome. named after herself. Very cool. I think that's really, it's, an, it's, a, it's a great honor, you I know? I think that to be have to have a track named after you mm-hmm. is huge that that is like i think one of the highest honors 
that any athlete can ever receive. And to my understanding, the track is just one mile south of Carter High School, which is where Shakari attended. And according to the district website, the track serves as a tribute to Shakari's remarkable achievement in sports, and, and it has significant ties to the Dallas community, which I know she was talking, I think she was mentioning at Worlds, or it might have been Prefontaine. Where she was talking about going back to Dallas. It was pre-Fontaine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how she just likes going back home and spending yeah. time with, you know, the family there. Um, I think that's honestly huge. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so happy to hear that um, the Dallas community is recognizing Shakira yeah. for her accomplishments. And she's, and you know, one of the, probably the biggest person to come out of Carter High School, you know? Like, yeah. that's a huge moment for that school, for her. Like, I think that's really cool. Okay. The final <laughs> question to end... The podcast. I don't know how this is going to go down, but this kind of came up in the office today. We were talking about in 10 years, who's going to be more famous, Noah Lyles or Shakari Richardson? I think this will So my brain just started like well, context. I feel like this came up because we were talking about getting a track named after yourself. And I think someone brought up like, well, Noah Lyles get a track named after himself. And then we got down that rabbit then hole. We, yeah, we went down the rabbit hole. So, yeah. uh, I feel, to, to kind of give some background, this is how my brain kind of dissected this, right? Like, Noah Lyles graduated high school in 2016. Shakari graduated 2018. Noah Lyles, which I didn't understand or realize this, but I, I knew he went to T.C. Williams. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize they recently changed the name. Like, T.C. Williams was the name of the school from 1965 to 2021. It's now called the Alexandria City High School. So another question came up is, do all of his records carry over? Yeah, I mean. It's not the same school, though. It's the same school, different name. But the same school, though. It's the same school. <laughs> Ashley's like, It's Lib. just a different name. It's just a different name. Okay, Come on. I agree with you. I feel like the school, I feel like the records would carry over. But, like, I'm thinking right now. And I'm just like, I'm thinking about the goals that Noah Lyles has. And so much can happen in 10 years. That's the thing. So mm -hmm. much can happen. Will we see Noah Lyles and Shakari Richardson continue their athletic careers for that long? Might be a little bit challenging. But I'm thinking if, I don't want to put this pressure or say that Noah Lyles will only be remembered for this because he's being remembered now, like what he accomplished at Worlds this year was remarkable. Is it going to take a world record for people to like know, like know Noah Lyles? People know Usain mm, Bolt. People yeah. know, ask any person on the street and be like, do you know who Usain Bolt is? And they're gonna be like, yeah, he's the fastest well, think man about in it. the world. 200 meter American record. Usain Bolt world record. <laughs> like I honestly think, Here's my opinion. I really think, and I mentioned this during Worlds, that I truly can see Noah Lyles breaking Usain Bolt's 200-meter record. I really, I truly, <laughs> genuinely feel that way. I'm all in support of that. I feel like it can happen. I wanted it so badly at Worlds. But I feel like this upcoming 2024 season is going to be remarkable. I think, to just answer my own question, Noah Lyles, mm -hmm. I think, will be more famous in 10 years. I'll, I'll probably say the same. I, I, don't know. I, I mean, I said the same thing. I mean, think about it. He has a 200-meter American record. I mean, it's hard to say because I think they're both very famous in their own right, and I'm not right. trying to discount any of them. Oh, absolutely not. Um, 
But I also feel like, you know, Shakari, you know, she does have that demeanor, that personality that truly relates to fans that I think could stand the test of time. Um, but also Noah Lyles, I think he's just, like, very... He's making an effort to put those, like, <laughs> those goals out there for the mainstream to understand. Oh, yeah. Which, I, I mean, to an extent, Shakari's doing the same. But I'm going to say Noah Lyles. You're saying Noah Lyles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I'm thinking, like, currently in this state, like, today, I would probably pick Shakari. Okay. Shakari um, Richardson. I, mm. felt, I feel like if we go down 6th Street here and we ask people, do you know who Shakari Richardson is? People are going to know. Like, people are going to know Shakari. people are going to know. I don't know, know to be honest. But, like, Shakari's, like, I feel like everything that Shakari has been through and has done in the public eye, people are, like, supportive of her. And yeah. rightfully so, right? Yeah. So, I think... But are they we not supportive go... of Noah Lyles and his quest for breaking the world record? He has a whole Peacock documentary. That is very true. But how many people are in quest for world records? You have Jakob Ingebrigtsen going after world records, too. You know? You know what I mean? Okay, like, but he's trying to take down Usain Bolt's. Not saying it's going to happen, but he's trying. He's putting it out there. I'm putting it out there right now. I think it can happen. I mean, think about it. Again, like I said, he's already an American record holder. He took down Michael Johnson's American record. Michael Johnson is still remembered today. That's true. And think about it. If he's ahead of Michael Johnson on that record list. So you, you're saying right now, if we were to go down 6th Street and ask people, do you know who Noah Lyles is? Or Shakari Richardson? <laughs> do you think people are going to say, I know Noah Lyles over Shakari? I don't know. Like today. Like if we were to end this podcast right now, go on. I want to say yes, but I know it's going to be no. They're going to know Shakari more, I think. I think so too. That's that's what I'll say. But I'm I'm thinking because the question is actually I think the better question: When is Noah Lyles going to get a track named after himself? Noah, make that happen. That's the next step. <laughs> <laughs> make it happen. I'm surprised we didn't see Noah Lyles at F1. I'm all, now that you say that, I'm kind of surprised yeah. too. Yeah, could have been hanging I out can with Shakari. I can see him being there. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. If someone was like, hey, I saw Noah Lyles at F1. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Hey, what was he doing this weekend? I don't know. Excuse me. Probably at a football game. Something. Not at F1. Not at F1. All right, the last thing I just want to mention before we end the show is Pan American Games, I believe, kicks off today. I believe. Yes. November 4th. It's going to be a long stretch of competition, so that'll be exciting. We'll have the U.S. US athletes there competing, and we... I also do, I think we need to put another plug here. We'll have the Big East Cross Country Championships live this weekend on Flow Track, as well as a bunch of high school state cross country championships. Oh, my live, goodness. Which I know you're very excited so about. So. so many championships. We have Kansas, Colorado, Colorado Kentucky. 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 The list goes on. There's so, so, there's so much happening here. If you want to see the up and, you know, up and coming stars of the sport compete. Tune in this weekend. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. As always, we would not be here if it wasn't for your love and support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Flow Track Podcast. Make sure you give us a like, review on Spotify, Apple, I, Apple I Podcast. Say Apple TV. I don't know why I keep saying <laughs> Apple TV. Apple Music, wherever you listen to your podcast and music, we want to hear from you and everything. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Ashley and I will see you again next week, same time, Monday, 2 p.m. Central Time. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again soon.